I'm Jody Crumpy, director of the Erie City Mission Thrift Stores and Donation Center. When you shop at one of our two thrift stores or drop off items at our donation center, you are providing a meal. You are housing a man in our shelter, helping men and women overcome addiction and giving our inner city youth an opportunity to learn. I want to thank you for making a difference. This is our city, our mission. God bless you. All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peach Reese 5th, next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new frontier. PA contractor number PA039007. Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Just north of us, of, co of course, is Presque Isle Bay, center of the universe, when, and, and really Lake Erie in general and, and Presque Isle State Park. The center of the universe here in the Erie region for tourism and uh, as a destination. And to talk about all of that is John Oliver, the president and CEO of Visit Erie. John, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, I like your description. <laughs> <laughs> it is the center of the universe, right? I mean, for us, and when you think about it, um, it, it is a natural blessing that we have that, like, Toledo doesn't have. Or, you know, you can name many cities that are on the Great Lakes. And as it is, the Great Lakes are, are a great draw, period. But is the, does Duluth have it going on like we have it going on? It, it's funny you mention that. We're doing advertising in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And our tagline for, uh, for our ads in Cleveland is, same coast different vibe yeah because that's what you know we think that uh, you know we have the beaches but we have a small town feeling with a lot of the uh, bigger city amenities i think i might have told you this story before but when shady and i were starting the show back in 2019 we did uh, it was for like remember the power sports shane the the power water thing we we did a show right in front of the marriott and um or or might have been the sheridan either one of them and literally this dude comes up with his car with his family he says you know i i come here all the time from cleveland to to with my family and i'm not telling anybody about it because he wants it to be his personal play space and so that it doesn't get overrun but he was like so so excited about having another weekend in Erie. Unbelievable. Yeah, know. we're hearing that more and more. Uh, we promote in Pittsburgh that we're Pittsburgh's beach. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're, um, again, we're hearing more and more visitors who are coming here and, and continually I had no idea that there was this much to do. And, and, you know, part of our effort is how do we get them, if they're coming up for the beach, to actually see what else that we have and, and and we're starting to see some progress that people are going to the beach and then going downtown they're do, they're doing wine tasting ale trail um, shopping 
Yeah, yeah. Let, let's uh, start with the economics of it all, and then we could talk about some of the, uh, you know, some of the amenities. At the beginning of May, it was the National Travel and Tourism Week. It was celebrated between May 7th and the 13th. And uh, why, why is tourism important in Erie County? Let's, let's talk fundamentally, because I like to talk about the, the three-legged stool, tourism, uh, right. manufacturing, and meds and eds. It is truly a strong stool uh, uh, Very much leg. so, and, and, you know, it's growing every year. Um, we're, we're seeing visitors now. We're back to pre-pandemic spending where visitors are spending slightly more than a billion dollars um, over the course of a year here in Erie. And the beauty of that money is they're, it's being spent by visitors who leave and go home. They don't look for schools. They're not looking for um, social service programs, all things that we as residents um, expect. And uh, they, they come in and all they're expecting is have an enjoyable time. So it's very important. It's also providing um, a large number of jobs. We're not back to pre-pandemic yet where we were looking in the summer at about 17,000 jobs um, and maybe 13 in the off season. Um, you know, but we're up to uh, a little more than 14,000 jobs uh, that are tourism hospitality related. And I can tell you that since the pandemic, a lot of those jobs, almost all of them, are paying way more than minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And that tends to be one of the um, misconceptions that they have, that tourism is strictly minimum wage flipping hamburgers. Uh, and that's not true at all. Uh, so, you know, as evidenced by these jobs, the thing to note, too, a lot of these jobs um, are also the first jobs that our new Americans new immigrants that are here in this community are able to uh, to find employment while they're assimilating into our culture, learning our language. A lot of them are working housekeeping positions, so they're, uh, we're getting them off the uh, the roles of, of needing to be subsidized mm -hmm. um, to any great degree. We also offer our children an opportunity for summer employment. Uh, and now even year-round kind of uh, employment on weekends, et cetera, where a lot of communities don't have that opportunity. And uh, it, it's, you know, the parents then are the ones who are subsidizing, giving them funds to, to, you know, to go out and do things. They're now able to earn that while they're here in this community. So it's, it's very important. Um, you know, we know last year um, tourism generated a hundred million dollars in state and local taxes. Wow! Uh, you know that's that's money that's left behind in the community. Um, I think the state of Pennsylvania said, based on tourism, every family would have to pay, and if there was no tourism at all, every family would have to pay another eight hundred and seven dollars in taxes to make up for the loss of what visitors are spending. Uh, in the Commonwealth. Wow, that that is a tremendous statistic, and uh, you know the the idea of tourism equaling quality of life, the kind of the real tangible benefit that we get, much like the you know that that we're receiving the tax benefits from our visitors, but because there are visitors. We as Erieites get to enjoy those amenities as well. Yeah, exactly. We have a, a much higher quality of life because of tourism. 
if we didn't have the visitors coming here, we wouldn't have Waldemere, we wouldn't have the casino, we wouldn't have, um, you know, the number of wineries, the shopping opportunities. Everyone complains about, you know, uh, Peach Jam yeah. and driving on Peach yeah. Street. I always, and I've said this before, I have a huge smile on my face because I realize that I'm sitting in traffic and I look around and you look at the number of New York plates, the number mm. of Ohio plates that uh, individuals and families are coming in and taking advantage of the shopping and the tax-free uh, clothes and shoes. Um, yeah, we wouldn't have that. So, well, and you, you know, when you visit other cities, their malls are in major decline, whereas ours has stabilized and actually uh, re-strategize their, uh, you know, th- you know that they are a destination for both shopping and entertainment, right? I mean, it, exactly. They're taking advantage of the fact of knowing that we have visitors that are coming here, so they're tying in some entertainment opportunities for them, uh, along with the shopping. Yeah, it's it's remarkable too how many hotels surround the mall. Like, I mean. Across the street, across the interchange on the south side, as well as on the mall proper, you know. Right, exactly, and and they're doing well. Yeah, wow. Um, let's talk about uh, what you guys do, how you're preparing for the summer of 2023. Again, this is this is kind of uh, go time for Visit Erie right now. Yeah, we're uh, you know we've started the uh, beginning of May with a major advertising uh, campaign that's uh, reaching out to Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Johnstown, Altoona, um, even some towards Harrisburg. Um, it's interesting, we, uh, we hired last year a research company that is able to track through mobile devices when people arrive here and where they're going. We gave them 200 points of interest in this community, and they can track what type of visitation they're getting and mm-hmm. where people are going from when they arrive here. And it's uh, really allowed us now to focus our advertising. Interestingly enough, we found that summer we see fewer people from Buffalo. They tend to come more in the winter yeah, because they're coming down for Splash Lagoon mm-hmm. and the shopping. So we've decided we're going to focus our advertising in that market at a time where they have um, a desire to come down here and to try to build upon that. And so we're finding that uh, while summer is incredibly important and will always be the the major, we're really starting to see uh, the flattening of that bell curve where the summer was the highest and then everything dropped off. And... You know, they used to refer to it as the, uh, you know, the golden 90 days mm-hmm. of summer, you know, Memorial Day to Labor Day. Then everyone shut down. Right. And that's not occurring now. We're starting to see summer still there, but the shoulder seasons and even the winter, we're seeing uh, increases. So our, our advertising and efforts are now being able to be more fine-tuned uh, to what various markets are doing and so we have a better idea what people from pittsburgh do when they come here and also what part of pittsburgh are they coming from is it north hills is it um you know um southern hills downtown pittsburgh you know we're able to get some finite information and have that ability to change messaging that's that's astounding when you think about it what about like the interior of of Pennsylvania, where do, where does it kind of 
cut off? Is it Franklin Oil City? Is does it go to Clarion? You know, where's that kind of well, draw? Well, that's interesting because we didn't think that there was much of a market past what many cases could be day tripping. Yeah. But we've seen an interest in seeing people starting to come from Johnstown, Altoona, maybe up to State College. So we're doing more advertising to try that market to see what kind of response we're getting. We've even noticed some um, uh, coming up out of the Harrisburg area. That's that's and, astounding. And so, you know, we have, we have a few digital billboards that are mm-hmm. now up uh, in Harrisburg, Hershey. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, looking to try these things, the markets out, and now we're able to track. Do you find that uh, in your line of work, and, and again, there is – uh, we're talking about tourism uh, in this conversation, but there's the other part of of your of your job, which is that convention con- conversation mm-hmm. that we get we could talk about in a second because uh, the the airport is highly critical to all that. But um, w- you know, on, on a on a drivable travel thing, what happens for you guys in Ohio? Because you mentioned Cleveland, I know that uh, our friends at Waldemir have seen some success. Akron Canton, as you go deeper into Ohio, some interest to come to the mirror, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had conversations uh, not that long ago with Paul Nelson. Yeah. And talking, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, we really lost an eerie titan of mm, tourism. No doubt. But um, Paul had said that one of the things that turned Northeast Ohio towards Waldemere was when uh, Giaga and some of those parks closed down, Waldemere was the closest one, the easiest one to get to, and they were starting then to, you know, they've worked that market, and they they spent, Paul was somebody who would go out to radio stations throughout all of that sector, and he would give them tickets to use for uh, for trade, for uh, Mm -hmm. for promotional uh, things, so, you know, that was one of the reasons that it was easier for parts of Ohio to get here than it would be to go to uh, Kennywood uh, down right. a- outside Pittsburgh. So in uh, Cedar Point, it's just too big of a deal. I mean, sometimes right. people are not looking for that kind of park experience. Well, yeah. And that kind of park experience also charges you for parking. Yes. They charge you everyone for admission. So mm-hmm. even if, if you're going in as a parent and don't plan to ride any rides, but, but watch your kids do that. You're saving money by coming to a Waldemere. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, uh, Presque Isle State Park in and of itself. I know that DCNR has a master plan. Um, you know, there are there things that we have been doing well there as far as uh, uh, as far as services for visitors, and are there some things that we really need to keep in mind of, of an improvement. One, one of the ones for me is we have to get better cell service on the beach, you know. Yes, and they recognize that. Yeah. I, I was at an advisory committee meeting recently where they've talked about, they've had conversations with uh, cell phone providers to mm. see about providing better service out there. Um, you know, they're looking at some progressive steps. They're looking to put in uh, solar panels. Nice. Um, actually, I think it's out at Beach 8. And they're going to cover the parking lot, but you'll still be able to park underneath it. But oh, the hope wow. is when they get this up, um, it'll be able to provide enough electrical service to uh, for the park itself. Uh, they're talking this year, uh, and I don't think I'm talking out of school, yeah. that rather than open up the concession stands that they have, uh, they're looking to go out and secure food trucks 
they come in. Sense, yeah. And initially starting, I think, Beach 6 and Beach 8, but it also offers the ability or the opportunity that if there's suddenly there's a reason where they should go out to Beach 11, they just drive out to Beach 11 and <laughs> right. can set up. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're looking to do things like that. I, You know, I keep hearing that they're one of the more progressive parks uh, that it certainly, uh, you know, they seem to be on top of things and, and constantly looking for ways to um, improve the visitor um, experience out there. I believe EMTA is going to provide some shuttle service uh, from Trek out to, uh, you know, out into the park itself. So, you know, they're, they're, you know, they have their restraints based on being part of a state budget. Right. Yeah. You know, it, 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 thank goodness that they're the most popular state park, which has certainly helped them. But I know that, you know, they, they're constantly looking for funding for, for additional capital improvements. Uh, we just, and hopefully by July 4th, we become a partner along with the Trek Foundation okay. and DCNR to replace the video board message sign that they have as you ah, go in. Okay. It's it's 20 years old now right, or yeah. something like that. And it's, it's just not as effective as it could be. And so we've partnered with them uh, working on a marketing agreement to help fund a replacement sign that will allow us to have high quality photos up there nice. and and the ability to promote things other than just in the park mm-hmm. you know if, if we can promote our ethnic festivals sure, and some sure. of the other things so again it's trying to capture the huge number of people that are driving into the park uh, that and trek is your eerie visitors uh, it station is, it's it is it's our a visitor center that visitor we have year round yeah we're opening tomorrow uh, our site on um, I-90 coming in from Springfield okay, and on I-79 uh, just before you get to Edinburgh. Okay, gotcha. At those rest stops, those will be manned uh, for the summer months. Terrific. Okay, John, um, you, you, guys are, you guys are fully equipped getting ready for the weekend and, and, and making the, the, the pitch to folks to come on out. Um, Let's let me ask you about that experience, because um, sometimes there might be a little bit of sticker shock when they look at the hotel prices. They might have a hard time getting a campground. I mean, do we get are we getting socked in already this summer as far as availability? Well, no, I think there is availability for times during the summer, though. Also, the closer you get to when you want to go may you may find it difficult at times to uh, to to get a room mm-hmm. here but in general i think that you know most places while we'll will sell out on holiday weekends and maybe some some weekends during the summer um I, that shouldn't be a deterrent for people looking to come here that that that's good news um when, what is what is considered a successful summer with hotel occupancy are you shooting at 60%, 70%, what would that be typically? Well, if you're a hotelier, you're shooting for 100% <laughs> of <course>. occupancy. <laughs> you know, but I think that, you know, in the past, occupancy levels in the summer, you know, are somewhere around, um, you know, 70, 75%. Are they really? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, and of course, you know, you have a property like the uh, Sheridan. 
they're going through, I think it's a $7 million renovation. So they're taking out two floors at a time to do it. And, uh, you know, they're hoping by the time they get through summer, they'll have all of that completed. Gotcha. So, you know, you lose some room inventory for upgrades, et cetera. But um, that should not be a deterrent for anyone coming in with enough pre-planning in advance. You uh, should be able to secure a room. Uh, the rates, well, people, you know, local will say, what is a sticker shock? It's, too, frankly, rates at every hotel, every destination throughout the country. Um, Why are, is are, that? Well, how, how did we have, see such a jump uh, from the pre-pandemic to post-pandemic? Well, I think, you know, one of the things, and, and we did we did really well compared to a lot of our competitors, mm-hmm. uh, even during in 2020, we did far better, but coming out of the pandemic, but there was, you know, there was a lot of federal stimulus money that people had in their pockets from unemployment and for, you know, other, uh, other opportunities to, uh, to acquire funds. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, the ability or the, the fear of traveling, there's been a pent up demand uh, that's still continuing. And, uh, you know, the cost of things have gone up because of the pandemic. There's a, uh, you know, supply shortage, uh, you know. Wages are way up. Wages have gone up, too, in Mm -hmm. order. That's, I think, baffling where all these people that were working pre-pandemic, where are they now? Sure. Wow. (laughs) You know, so I I don't know the answer, and I'm not sure anybody's come up with a real (laughs) solid answer on what happened to all of the people that were working Uh, suddenly aren't. John, I want to kind of start drilling down on some of, uh, you know, 2023's results here. Uh, You you just made this release the last couple weeks here that you've seen numbers increase with milder temperatures. So even as everybody was complaining that uh, it was a mild winter, that that seemed to be an, an enhancement for folks to visit. Yeah, I, you know, when when the weather is is milder and of course, we wish there would have been, you know, 12 feet of snow at the peak. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, when the weather is milder, people are, are less concerned about driving mm-hmm. uh, distances and coming in from Buffalo and, you know, that those areas. Um, so, yeah, that I think helped. Uh, it certainly helped us see a boost in the numbers of people coming uh, and again, we're becoming more of a four-season destination. There's- well, I'm surprised at this whole thing of when people come, more likely or not, they're going to stay overnight. And that's interesting. And so is that everybody from coming to going to the Philharmonic? If, if you're from Franklin, you go to the Phil and you stay overnight at a hotel yeah. and have a nice breakfast on Sunday morning kind of thing or... Well, yes and no. I mean, okay. if, if our um, or a hockey game or whatever. Well, the research company we've drawn a circle of thirty miles around Erie. Okay. That we don't track those people, and the reason is that somebody living in Warren or living in Ashtabula could be working in Erie, sure, and driving in and out every day, and that mm. would kind of skew uh, numbers and thoughts uh, that that we have. Uh, but you know, yes, uh, I was surprised to see that last year in 2022, and it seems to be continuing, we had 62% of the visitors that we tracked stayed overnight. Now, I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought that the number might have been reversed. Mm -hmm. You know, we had 40-something staying. 
um, which is showing that there's enough activities for people coming in that is causing them to stay overnight. Um, wow. Nick Scott Jr. said to me one time, we don't necessarily need more hotels here. We need more tourism demand generators, being the more attractions, the more activities there are for people when they arrive here, then they see there's a need. We have to stay overnight. Mm -hmm. And he, as he said, which is absolutely true, no one travels to Erie uh, because of the hotel that they're staying in. Right, right. And that's true in almost every community that you're going to. You're not going there to stay in a hotel unless it happens to be an isolated spa somewhere. But people tend to stay overnight because there's a lot to do. And I think we're finding that now in Erie, that there's more for people to do uh, that have them staying overnight. Either it's nighttime activity or they want to do more during the next day, so they're spending a, a night. What about families and family events? So I'm thinking about um, this uh, this uh, trip, that, or this, we're going to have a baby shower here in Erie. Mm -hmm. And I know for sure that, you know, several family members will be coming in and staying at area hotels. And so we're kind of like this micro micro convention happening mm -hmm. it's a baby shower but it might mean a dozen rooms for all i know oh absolutely i mean it's the same thing with weddings that, of course you know, yeah um they drive uh, they drive a, a lot of business and so you know we're looking we're looking forward to the children's museum uh, opening up which i believe might be sometime this summer so the idea to have that extra attraction so if you're here for the baby shower come and visit the museum or come you right. know to this restaurant or what have you right yeah. or you know you have the beach to go to sure. also you know so yeah. there, there's different things there there you know maybe it's the timing is that the greek festival is going on mm -hmm. so you know you want to go over and catch you know and promote that kind of activity and i think people are finding that out how how is that communication happening here locally we know that about the hello eerie app and make sure that people have that downloaded even if you even if you're like a host like us, right. we need to know, hey, what's on the Hello Erie app on July 1st when we have the baby shower, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we also have a visitor guide mm -hmm. that's generally available at multiple locations and, and our website, mm -hmm. you know, visiterie.com. Um, that, that we keep updated also along with the app on what current events, what's going on. The visitor guide comes out, you know, in january right we cannot list one we don't have the space nor do we need to list all of the events so um you know we put some of the major in what we're looking to do this with our new visitor guy coming out for 2024 is we need to use it more as an enticement piece mm. more about general articles and less about listing everything in it because if we can drive everybody to the website <laughs> then they can get the very specifics. But we need to really have a guide that tells the stories mm -hmm. of why Erie is interesting and, and to spark an interest and then get them to the website. And I've said, I have a 96-year-old father who can get on the website and search things. If he can do that, there isn't anyone right. that can't get access to going onto a web 
uh, to determine what, uh, you know, to find out what we have. So, you know, we're looking to make slight changes as we move forward in how we're presenting and encouraging people uh, to want to come. Talk about generations in, uh, you know, whether the the needs of that young millennial family are different. Well, certainly they're going to be different than the senior visitors. And are there opportunities in that? Uh, like for, for me, I would think that, you know, senior, you know, having a boatload of stuff for seniors would be would be amazing for this place, you know, for example. Well, you know, and this is a trend that's kind of nationwide. You know, even the uh, the seniors um, or baby boomers, mm. also part of that segment, you know, they used to get on a bus. <laughs> and they never got off the bus except yeah. for to have lunch and at the end of the day. Yes. But they drove around and sat and looked at everything. They don't want to do that anymore. They want to actually have experiential kind of, of tourism where they're able to get out and participate and, mm-hmm. and look to do. So, you know, we have that. You also have, uh, you know, the segment of visitation where they're um, they're looking to, you know, for uh, really outdoor experiences, kayaking, you yeah. know, paddle boarding, uh, you know, jet skis in the summer, you know, skiing in the winter. So, you know, you have to really promote to the various segments. Sure. Uh, and, sure. and the message is going to be different. Yeah. Let's grab a phone call here. Hey, you're live with uh, John Oliver from Visit Erie on Talk Erie. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you mentioned Cleveland. Um, I don't know if you know the mayor of Cleveland announced that they are going to be the first 15-minute city, which means they are trying to restrict travel. And I was wondering if you're factoring that into your... uh, your future plans because that's that's a big thing they're they're just doing it for environmental i guess reasons and it's coming from the world economic forum there's several cities that they're they're testing this out in the future so you have to have a permit or something after so many they allowed so many trips out of town and that sort of thing and then that's a serious thing for uh for vacations yeah, it, it, that's interesting. I've, I've not necessarily heard that. I know one of our concerns that we've talked about, at least in Erie, is the sustainability of it. Of, of, of it. Are we overusing the peninsula and mm-hmm. other things based on, on visitation? And the research company takes a look at, based on population and the number of tourists that are coming in over a period, um, and what they're saying is, and their numbers are showing, is that we do not have that problem right now. Okay. Um, okay. Of, of that, that uh, you know, the park uh, and, and Erie itself, um, it, we've not reached a point where we need to be concerned that there's been overuse um, of that. I appreciate that phone call. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, sustainability is a is a is a key. Um, you know, key value for any of these things. Yeah, I'm no, I mean, that's where what kind of comes in too with with the hotels, where you're not necessarily washing all the sheets and the towels every night and all that stuff of of keeping the carbon footprint uh, lower. I guess. Well, yeah, and that's been something that they've offered in the past mm-hmm. that you could contact them, but now, um, you know, it appears that in many of the hotels now, 
uh, you know, they're they're going in and doing uh, laundry changes, et cetera, maybe after a two-night stay. I wanted to ask you about this data point from the first quarter. Again, mm-hmm. it's cold here, but um, uh, in your release you said, when studying which regions saw – uh, increased visitation during the first quarter. A significant lift was observed at the gateway to Presque Isle with less significant lifts observed on Presque Isle Bay and in Mill Creek Fairview. They seem to be driven by recreational points of interest such as uh, Presque Isle State Park, the Bay, Edinburgh Lake, Asbury Woods, Walnut Creek Marina, and several golf courses. Uh, and, and again, when you have mild weather, you get to play golf in March, you know. Um, but... Uh, Let's talk about the gateway a second there. Um, obviously a lot of, a lot of, uh, controversy in the news. Um, just articulate from a, from a travel, uh, professional perspective, how important having those amenities. We talk about amenities and attractions, having a tourism cluster there at Peninsula and, and Eighth is to you anyway. Well, I, you know, I think in terms of, of visitors and having them not only stay longer, but spend more money, um, we need to be able to provide um, the services that they're looking for, more entertainment, restaurants, some shopping. And from what I've seen in the plans for that gateway uh, is taking 8th Street, tying it into what the city's done in terms of improving 8th Street uh, with paving and lights, et cetera. Plus, you've got West Erie Plaza and you've got the colony there Which are that are very that. strong, you know. I mean, it, well, they're all part of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so, but you have to get people off, um, you know, off Peninsula Drive. Yeah. you got to get them to turn to get down to to West Colony, the Colony Plaza, West 8th Street Plaza. You need to get them there. And I think what they're looking to do and providing more of a walkable situation um, is, in the long run, going to benefit, uh, you know, benefit the community itself. Is there is there something that we really, really, really could use if if someone had, uh, you know, three million dollars burning a hole in their pocket and and they wanted to get into this space? What are we missing? What amenity are we missing? Um, Air service. <laughs> oh, that's more than three million there, John. Well, it, it <laughs> but that's sure a start. Be a good, <laughs> it'd be a good start and maybe enticing uh, yeah. another airline. I mean, because um, honestly, uh, even though conventions are very, uh, and business travel is very connected to uh, how many flights in and out, so are weddings, so are baby showers, and yeah. and all the other things, the uh, the family reunions, the. The, the the college kids who are trying to either come or go, mm-hmm. we just can't live off of two planes out and two planes in, you know? It's, yes, that, that is uh, difficult across all segments of the community. But, you know, in particular for us to try to bring in larger national conventions, um, it's extremely difficult because... We're limiting access, but the naysayer would say we would never be up for those those kinds of. But that's deals. not true. I mean, we have brought in national conventions in the past. Uh, international International Fireworks has been here a couple of times, so we have had right sized national conventions. It wouldn't matter if we had a hundred flights a day coming into Erie. We don't. We could not handle 
a five, six, seven thousand person convention. So, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of smaller national conventions that you can draw in. Um, it's you know it's even difficult to get people out of, in Pennsylvania from the Philadelphia area. Right. When you tell them you've got a seven hour drive to get to Erie or a three hour layover in Charlotte, and they're like. Why am I going from Montgomery County to Charlotte to come to Erie, you know? Exactly. And, you know, people have often said to me, well, you know, Buffalo's only an hour and 15 minutes away, mm-hmm. the airport. They could fly in there and come here, or Cleveland or Pittsburgh. And my response is, if you're the planner putting a convention together, because we've heard this, if I have to fly my delegates into Buffalo and then get them down to Erie, why not just stay in Buffalo? <laughs> You know, I mean, and yes, you can't yeah. argue with that logic mm-hmm. because it makes sense. Um, even trying to get in some of the sporting events that we've had, and we've had a number of national sporting events that have come in, um, it becomes more difficult. So consequently, we're looking at trying to do more regional. Can we get and, uh, one example we did a year ago, even when we had the United flights here, was um, there was the uh, Pennsylvania Library Association. Well, they reached out to New York uh, to the New York Library Association and said, "Hey, can we tie in, draw people from Western New York mm. to come here, or go into Ohio and say, you know, can we two state associations work together and try to?" So, you know, that's some of the suggestions we're making uh, in order to uh, to convince people, uh, you know, to get them to come in. Um, every group we've had in here has had a, a, a great experience. They love the larger groups, love the convention center. You're they right. say it's one of the best buildings that they've ever been to. It looks great. It, you know. So we have the facilities for the right size group uh, to come here. We just, at times, without the airport, um, it limits mm. the number of right size conventions that we can go out and secure. So, you know, working to find increased um, service is very important, and it's something that, you know, Visit Erie is, is at the table. The Chamber of Commerce is leading this effort because for business it's even more important uh, for them as their individual segments. So. And we need to compete, right, John? I mean, we're, we're in a situation where uh, there, there's a lot of non-hub cities that are fighting for these limited, this limited uh, supply of pilots. That's what we're really talking about. Right. We're not even talking about planes. We're talking about pilots and crew. And so, uh, if it, you know, if uh, a small market, if Dayton is is uh, putting dollars toward making sure that they keep their essential air service, we got to compete with Dayton. We got to compete with right. uh, with uh, you know Owensboro or whatever. And I mean, you know, they're united is running somewhere 80 to 90 percent occupancy on their on their flights <laughs> um they had talked about bringing in larger airplanes but uh, you know again the shortage of pilots even equipment mm-hmm. um is making it you know they're making choices on what offers them the best opportunity for growing bigger or less cost for them mm-hmm. uh, to operate coming in uh, we've got one more minute here with uh, John Oliver, and I always want to ask this question, especially as we launch into the the summer season here. We all can be Erie ambassadors, uh, you know, every day as good neighbors as we 
it, what are some of your suggestions? It, you know, I, I love giving people directions. I, 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 I hope for that to happen every year that somebody's asking for my opinion about a restaurant or something like that. You yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, you know, we encourage every resident to be a, a, quote, tourist in your own backyard. Go out and experience some of the things that we have so that you can tell family and relatives, et cetera. But, you know, also when you're out and about, if you notice somebody at a, at a country fair when you pull in for gas and they're looking a bit confused, um, you know, ask them, can I help you? You know, where are you looking? And, you know, surpri- not surprisingly, because I think this community has it in itself, is we hear all the time, what a friendly community. And, and you know, people will say, I went to an 8th grade Tuesday sat on the lawn next to somebody that lives in this community and I you know we asked them uh, where can we get a good Italian meal and my gosh we, we we'd have to stay here a week to try out all the restaurants that they throw up <laughs> so we right. hear that all the time yeah. where where visitors will say wow people are stopping they're offering to help mm-hmm. you know so we're doing a good job on that. It's, uh, you know, just recognize that our tourists, uh, you know, are a walking piggy bank that's leaving money uh, here for us. And I always say everybody travels with a budget. Nobody really says anything if they spend their budget. Shame on us if we don't reach in that visitor's pocket and take every dollar they planned on spending. You know, I don't want a visitor to go home saying, <laughs> Well, I spent all. My, if they do, yeah. they're not complaining, right? You know, so let's wow. take advantage of that. That's amazing, John Oliver, the president and CEO of Visit Erie. We wish you well and your team. Oh, we do. I need to take thirty more seconds because we. The last two times I've been meaning to mention the eclipse. The eclipse is huge. I'm on the marketing team, and again, all eyes are on. What is it? April six. April eighth. April eighth. Next 2024, year. at uh, 315 or something. It, yeah, it, it, you know we're in the to- we're in the path of totality. The only larger city, well, the only city in Pennsylvania. Correct. And uh, and basically, we're the closest city for like we're, what is it? 500. Well, we're the closest city from Washington, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Harrisburg, and even Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're the closest city for people to get to. Um, yeah, we could see a quarter of a million people in town for that. And we're and and uh, your visit Erie and the and you know the the law enforcement, the the schools, everybody's working together to make sure that that goes off without a hitch. Absolutely beautiful. A- April eighth. April eighth. You've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.